Chow to the latest internet sensation. If it's happening in Melbourne, Seb Costello all over it. Yeah, I'll be pushing the standards. Someone said he's actually not a bad bloke. Just heard from that great sycophant of billionaires. Can't believe a hole right across the street from my house. I'm just so excited. Love show. Good morning, Seb, and good morning, Gordon. You're listening. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. Good morning. It is three past eight, 26 degrees the maximum in Melbourne today with a possible late shower. And right now it's 19 degrees. Wow, there's a lot happening in Melbourne this morning. We've had a bloke who's been stabbed in Bentley. We're going to cross out there soon to get a bit more detail. Police are now saying that there's two Sudanese teenagers, brothers, who are being paid by outlaw crime groups to go out and conduct those jewellery store robberies that we're seeing around town. An Olympic star is swapping sports. We'll tell you who that is and what the sport he's swapping to a bit later because he's going to speak to us on the program. And a right royal scandal is developing around the King and Queen of Moomba. City of Melbourne treating us like court jesters in that one. I want to get back to that. Ah, and there's this too. This is my favourite story at the moment. The not-so-love boat is the Norwegian Star, this luxury cruise liner that broke down after it left Melbourne yesterday. And the people on the boat have just been stranded just off the coast of Wonthaggi overnight. There's a tug that's pulling them back, and they're expected to get to Station Pier at around 3 o'clock today. I want to check in with them, because that's got to be an interesting night when you're on a cruise ship that can't cruise. But just remember this too. We're living in a fake news era, as you know. And on this program, we play a game called Fake News or Real News. One triple three five three. get on the line now if you want to play. We've got a Triple M prize pack to give away. In the news today. The very, very dishonest press. You can't handle the truth. I don't like watching fake news. alternative facts. Very nice. Real news or fake news? A lot of talk about fake news at the moment. So we thought we'd draft in the great man, Peter Hitchener, and he will read us a number of headlines. And if you are the last person standing at the end of it and are able to pick whether the headline is real news or fake news, well, you take home a Triple M prize pack. Let's kick things off with Darren at Newborough. Can you hear me, Darren? I don't think you can. We'll come back to you in a moment. But I think I'll get Hitchy in the meantime to just read us the very, very first headline of the day. Here we go. Cheeto shaped like famous gorilla sold for $100,000. Okay. Troy at Geelong. Did you hear that one? Yeah, I did, mate. All right. Real news or fake news? Uh, Real. 100% correct. And it refers to the gorilla Harambe. Do you remember Harambe? Oh, I remember hearing something about it, yeah. Okay, so he was the gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo uh, when the kid fell into his cage. And there was oh, a bit yes. of a, yeah, the kid got a little bit in, well, was sort of in danger, some people said, so they killed Harambe. Rest in peace, Harambe. Anyway, a Cheeto that looks like him went on eBay during the week and was sold for $100,000 after 132 bids. And that's US too. <laughs> it is a lot That's of crazy. money. All right. Well, Troy, if you can get through two more headlines, you're our man today. So here is the second story, real news or fake news. Bentley man stages cheeky naked protest over frosty neighbours. Real news or fake news? Real. 100% correct. Did you hear uh, Mick Malloy talking about this on the hot breakfast during the week? No, I actually winged that one. <laughs> <laughs> so this, really, uh, this relates to James Penelitis, who is a photographer who uh, I've been shopping for before. He's a nice bloke, uh, works out there in the Bayside suburbs. And uh, his neighbours built a building that looked right into his place, and he wasn't happy about it. 
So he took his kit off and across five days just behaved in a very, very naked way right in front of them. So he would do things like get on an exercise bike with no clothes on and go for a pedal. Uh, he'd clean out his gutters, literally, while he was wearing no clothes. And eventually they have built something which gives him a little bit of privacy, which he was a bit disappointed at because he said if they'd let it go one more day, he'd got an axe and he was going to chop wood in the nude. Now, oh, wow. That is a very, very dangerous concept. Now... Troy, how are we feeling? Yeah, not bad. Okay, confidence <laughs> confidence levels are high? Yeah, they are, yep. Okay, well, mate, you've got one more headline, and if you can get through this, then, mate, you are a winner for this morning, all right? No worries. Does it all make sense? It does. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Final one. And we are go. An alien impregnated my favourite goldfish. Real news, fake news. That's as weird as it is. I'm going to say it's real. Troy, I'm afraid to say I completely made that one up on the taxi on the way in. So, mate, I appreciate your time, which means that Josh from Mernda is our winner. Josh, hang on there. We'll grab your details. But, Troy, look, mate, we might get your details too, see what we can find in the Triple M prize cupboard. Mate, thanks for playing. No, no dramas. Thanks, Ed. Five days until the AFL preseason competition begins with the Bombers and the Pies, and it is 40 days until the Blues and the Tigers kick off the season proper on a Thursday night at the MCG. But I want to skip forward to round 12. On June the 9th, there will be a match in Adelaide. Footy goes to Adelaide for the Crows and the Saints. Meanwhile, back here in Melbourne, the biggest soccer match ever held in Australia will fill the MCG right to the rafters. I broke this story on the Hot Breakfast yesterday that the coup has been pulled off and that two of the biggest international soccer nations are coming to Australia, Brazil is playing Argentina. And not just that, the stars have been signed up to come. And I talk of the Brazilian Neymar and Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, whatever you want to say. I'm trying to get a little little uh, Argentinian accent into that one. But this is literally the best player in the world and the second best player in the world. You could argue until the cows come home about those two. And they're going to be right here in Melbourne. An amazing opportunity for us to see this up close, especially outside of South America. And the man behind it is the chairman of TLA Worldwide, a sports marketing company based in London. London, New York, and in Melbourne. Good morning, Mark Campbell. Good morning, Sid. How are you? Mate, I'm good, and I'm excited about this event. How do you pull it off? How do you get Brazil and Argentina to play a match in Melbourne? Look, it's uh, not as straightforward as you might imagine. It's taken a wee while to get to this point, but uh, we've been lucky in, in the sense that the federations that are coming down here have been good to deal with. They have an agency in London that they use, a company called Pitch International, who we've worked with. The Victorian government have been supportive, which has been most helpful, as have their agency, Visit Victoria. So really, it's kind of been a team effort between TLA, I've got a joint venture partner on the project, which is a company called TEG. They own Ticketek, amongst other things, in Australia. And then we've worked with government, we've worked with Visit Victoria, we've worked with the federations and their representation in London to get this to this point. Were there other nations or cities pitching to host this game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of it is obviously it's the attraction of the two teams. So like any good football content you find in competition with other places, also our own challenges with the geography of Melbourne. Now, having lived in Melbourne for the last three years, I've been reminded monthly as I jump on a plane to London, New York, (laughs) it's not quite as close to those places as other cities. Uh, And so, you know, to get the, the Brazilian and Argentine teams to either assemble from South America or from Europe where their players are playing, they took a bit of convincing over the logistics. And in the end, it looks like they'll be in Melbourne for a wee while to do a bit of a training camp 
to prepare for the Confederations Cup, which is straight after this. So does that mean supporters, you know, there will be a few days before the game that the teams will be in Melbourne, so potentially fans will get a chance to see these guys training? That's right. That's exciting. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And obviously it means that they're in town for a meaningful amount of time, which I think adds to the occasion. Uh, and as for the occasion itself, you know, obviously those two players you mentioned, the lead-in, are fantastic, but, you know, they are the number one and two teams in the world because of the quality of talent they possess across the pitch. And so, you know, it promises to be quite quite a show. How much does it cost to bring these two nations out? Uh, put it this way, my children won't be going to school in the house as I'm <laughs> Yeah, but I, I can't imagine uh, it's easy to, to convince those two to come all the way to Australia from South America. What sort of crowd are you expecting? Look, we were lucky enough in 2015 to sell over 100,000 tickets to Real Madrid versus Man City. Uh, on that evening, there was a bit of rain, and so... Just under 100,000 people turned up. We had about 99,700 at the G. So uh, being a person who likes round numbers, I'd be very pleased if we could crack the 100,000 mark in attendance on the day. Um, it's certainly a game worthy of that. Um, hopefully we can do a good job. We have put tickets in at $49 for children to make it an, an affordable evening for kids to kind of see, really, once in a generational player, the players. And so that, that's our hope. We are the sporting capital of the world, and we've proved it once again by mere fact that the number one and number two footballers, or round ball footballers, are coming down under in Messi and Neymar. It's a fantastic coup. We're talking to Bart Campbell, who's the chairman of TLA Worldwide, the sports marketing company involved in this venture. But, mate, you wear a couple of hats. You're also the owner of the Melbourne Storm, and uh, how are they looking for season 2017? Uh, look, as, as a natural-born optimist, um, yeah, we, we're hopeful. We, we've had a Good pre-season, I suppose, as 15 other clubs have. Um, you know, we're very hopeful that Billy Slater can get back on the park. Are we ever? And with all things being equal, um, you know, the, the, with the team, the squad we've got, we've got a lot of depth this year, which is needed in the game of this kind of physicality. <clears throat> a very good coach and coaching group. So hopefully all things being equal, we can be, you know, in the final series and hopefully push on from there. Well, mate, it's great to chat to you. Bart Campbell, chairman of TLA Worldwide, bringing Argentina and Brazil to Melbourne. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Seb. Appreciate it, and uh, have a good day. And that heralds the appearance of the crime reporter with 10 Eyewitness News. Good morning, Chanel Vellop. Good morning. What's with Jeffrey Edelston? He's wandering around town with an eye patch these days. Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? The iPad's <laughs> thrown me. The iPad? The eye patch, even. The I don't eye... want to know what's on Jeffrey Edelston's <laughs> iPad. The eye patch has thrown me, but he was spotted leaving a police station earlier this week with some papers in his hands, questioned very thoroughly on the way out, said he's trying to make sure Gabby can't come back to Australia. This is Gabby Greco. His ex-girlfriend. Did they get married? Yes, they uh, did get married. Yes, they did. Thank goodness. His ex-wife, so I sh should probably say. Now, I have to make it you clear. You need to recognise the, the purity and specialness of that relationship. They were man and wife in God's image. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's all I can say. This is a very... How, how this came out amused me, though, because I have a theory that... Uh, so, the Today Show reporter, Christina Hearn for Channel 9... Correct. ...was doing live crosses out the front of this police station on a separate story. Yes. On the man who... Um, is the police are looking for who's uh, allegedly stabbed his brother with the sword. The Doncaster homicide murder. Jeffrey lives in the city. He does. Is it possible that he was watching the Today Show, 
saw Christine and thought, here's a way to get some publicity. Absolutely, it's possible. <laughs> Absolutely, you can't say it's not. It may, it may be a total coincidence, but there was a television crew out the front when he went, and it was very early. Mm. Like, we're talking six-ish, Maybe it wasn't an I. I Patch. Maybe it was a sleeping mask. Maybe. That you get in Qantas business class. <laughs> He'd only half taken it off. Yeah. But look, he was there to say that he, he wanted to take out some sort of order against Gabby to make sure that she couldn't come to Australia. I should throw in here, she's hit back on Instagram. Really? Yes. The, the story develops. The power of social media and said, she's not coming back here for him. She wants that done and dusted. But what I'm interested in mm. is the lengths people go to to run away from their ex. Because <laughs> I think it's extreme sometimes. Like I've heard of people, the ex turns up at a party, they're over the fence, running through a backyard, mm. out. It's it, it does drive people mental. Can I ask you this question? Sure. You're a young woman. Yes. You have a wonderful partner. I do. Uh, but, but I think you're still in a position to answer this question. Okay. I mean, what is it about Jeffrey Edelston oh, no. that women find irresistibly attractive? Because he just shows up with these wonderful... Classy looking partners on a regular basis. I don't know. <laughs> it probably has something to do with the lifestyle. Yes. Uh, no. Surely not. <laughs> I have done many stories about Jeffrey Edelston. <laughs> I have chased many girlfriends of Jeffrey Edelston, and yeah, it's it's a it's a very bizarre situation and world that whole thing. Mm. But yeah, and look. He's, uh, the more I think about it now that you've said it, uh, maybe maybe he did turn up there because there was a TV crew mm, there. I don't know. I, I mean, not that I would ever suggest Jeffrey is a publicity seeker. No. I mean, that is scurrilous, but I, I've just got a little feeling. Well, if you've got any stories of lengths people have gone to to get away from their ex, feel free to share. And 13353 is our number. Let's go to Nick at Caulfield. Nick, you got a story along these lines? Yeah, g'day. How's it going, guys? Very well, mate. Share. Uh, yeah, well, my wife, uh, she's a Kiwi, and, uh, well, her partner before me, uh, just wouldn't get the message. They'd break up, he'd rock up the next day at her house as if nothing had happened. Mm. Oh. So she ended up jumping on a plane and moving to Australia. Where she met Nick of Caulfield. That's the one. <laughs> That's how you get away from an ex, you get on a plane. I'll tell you what, that'd be all right. Just move countries. Hey, Nick, thanks for your call. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. That mm. creates some distance. Mm. Mm. Very good. Well, it's a special day in my life today, Shane. It is something I want to bring up for yep. the listeners who've, you know, heard your dulcet <laughs> tones for so long and they've been wondering, later, but... how old is that man? Yep. Well, listeners of Triple M, today mm. that man is 30 years mm. old. Happy birthday. Thank you. It was the uh, It's My Birthday sash a giveaway that I had slung over my shoulder. Look, a little squirrel <laughs> told me as I came up the lift. Yes. Does it feel any different? It does. It does. I, I don't know. I, feel, I, I was telling you off air, there is a song about a bloke who turns 30 and looks back at his first 30 years and says, I made a few mistakes, but I'm going to get the next 30 years spot on. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. No one does. Uh, that's a very good point. And that is probably a rather good place to leave it. Chanel Vella, the crime reporter at the 10 Network. When are they going to find the bloke who allegedly killed his brother? Oh, look, no one's even seen him. So it's quite worrying as well. Mm. Just don't know. Apparently, weird he's... that the family didn't recognise the brother. Yeah, that's really bizarre, isn't it? So mm. you know, homicide have said they just didn't too much distress. There's no way they could have known. But it it is strange that mm. you wouldn't recognise your son or your brother. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you so much. 
want to go to this quickly before we get to the news because it broke just as we went to air that a man had been stabbed in Bentley this morning. For more information, we go to Weekend Breakfast regular and also reporter, court reporter, in fact, with the Nine Network. Morning, Jade Vincent. Good morning, birthday boy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, you are working hard today, which is why you couldn't be with us in studio, but uh, what have uh, you found out down there in Bentley? That's right. I'm actually in Brighton, so there's two scenes uh, in terms of this stabbing. It's actually occurred about 5.30 in the morning uh, on Dendy Street in Brighton. We understand a man aged about 30 was standing just on the side of the road and he's been stabbed multiple times by an unknown man. Uh, we believe that he sustained a really serious stab wound to his neck. Now, uh, it's believed that a, a friend has tried to drive him to hospital. Uh, they've been driving quite erratically along Centre Road in Bentley. They've managed to grab the attention of a police divisional van, wave them down, and then, of course, um, they've called an ambulance. But it's actually quite a grisly scene there in Bentley along Centre Road. You might know there's a lot of shops around there. There's quite a, a lot of foot traffic this morning, but it still remains a crime scene at the moment. Um, the car doors left open. Uh, there's quite a lot of blood all over the car and the area around there, and police are certainly around there at the moment. Uh, we've just come back to where that stabbing is believed to have occurred in Brighton. There's police here as well. So as I say, two scenes uh, to this stabbing here in uh, Melbourne's Bayside. This Gosh, morning. sounds like a fair bit happening. And, and for those that uh, may not know Brighton, Dendy Street's a, a pretty sort of major road, isn't it? It is, and I'm sort of closer to the Nepean Highway end where Dendy Park is at the moment. Um, so, as I say, it's taped off here. There's um, obviously, as you know, some beautiful homes in Brighton, and it's just right in, in that area. And I believe he was just standing um, beside a tree at around 5.30 this morning. My goodness, and serious injuries. He's been taken to the Alfred Hospital, and police are looking into it. Well, we'll watch your report tonight at 6pm on the 9 News. Jade Vincent, thanks for chatting. Not a problem. It is five to nine, Jade there. Gosh, Dandy Street, Brighton, pretty public place. And then to be so badly injured that he could only make it as far as Bentley and needing police attention to try and get him off to hospital. We are back for another Saturday morning. I think it's a great thing. So do I, mate. So do I. Not This girl's not so sure, though. I'm just in shock. My personal trainer's come. My electricity is off. And now I don't know what to do. It was a terrible morning for that young lady. She's from Sydney in a really rich part of the town where Malcolm Turnbull lives. They had a sinkhole there. And uh, as you can hear, she just had a rough morning, really didn't know where she was coming or going. I'm just in shock. My personal trainer's come, my electricity is off, and now I don't know what to do. Now, this hour, we have a lot to get through. This Olympian I keep talking about, he's won a medal at Olympic level and he's now taking on a brand new sport. I'm going to tell you who he is because he's coming in studio in this hour. Also, I've got some exciting news. I am a part of Channel 9's netball coverage for this season. The Suncorp Super Netball has been completely redone and it's going to be a huge year on the Nine Network with a couple of new teams like Collingwood. Also, GWS are going to have a side. We'll talk to arguably our greatest ever netballer, Liz Ellis, a bit later this hour. That's going to be fun. And the Moomba Monarchs. I'm not happy about it. I take Moomba Monarchs very seriously, and this king and queen is telling me that the city of Melbourne is treating us like court jesters. Not impressed. Really exciting developments for the sport of netball over the last few months with the Suncorp Super Netball League to kick off in just a week's time. There's a number of new franchises. Collingwood, the Magpies, they're a part of it, as are the GWS. And Melbourne Storm have got an affiliated team as well, and the Sunshine Coast Lightning. To tell us more about it, a woman who will be front and centre as part of Channel 9's coverage of Suncorp Super Netball. Good morning, Liz Ellis. 
G'day, Seb. How are you? Well, I'm looking forward to working with you because you and me are <laughs> going to be calling a Saturday night game in just a week's time between the Firebirds and the Lightning. Yes, and no wonder you think... Hopefully you sound a little bit jaded this morning because hopefully you've been up studying the rules, <laughs> understanding the tactics, because all I've got at the moment is the names of the players. That's as far as I've got. So uh, we've got eight days, Seb. All you've got is, what, over 100 times, 100 caps for Australia representing the Diamonds. Uh, and uh, look... <laughs> I reckon the Hartwell Primary School netball side was about as far as I got in the sports, so uh, I'll just sit here and listen to you. But uh, look, the Firebirds have been a powerhouse for a long time, but they've been a bit gutted, as have the Melbourne Vixens, their captain going over to the Magpies. So with all this player movement, which team is the favourite? Oh, look, you'd have to say Collingwood are the favourite. They have an outstanding list. They're full of diamonds, full of players who have won championships before. They're led by Maddie Robinson. She was the captain of the Vixens for a long time. Um, Shani Layton, any team with her in it can't be underestimated. But, you know, it's one thing to be very good on paper. It's another thing to actually get out and do it. And, um, you know, in reviewing all the lists, I reckon Vixens have done a really good job of keeping together a core group of young, exciting players. They've lost some big names. You know, Jeeva Mental, Maddie Robinson. Jeeva went to the Sunshine Coast, Maddie to, um, to Collingwood. But when you look at who's left, it's a really exciting young group. Kate Maloney got announced last night as captain. Um so, you know, those two should do well. Firebirds, yeah, they're an interesting sort of one, but, you know, they've lost a couple of key players, but they've still got the guts of their front line together. Romelda Aitken, a goal shooter, Gretel Tippett, a goal attack. So they'll be pretty dangerous. I reckon Sunshine Coast look good. And, you know, I have a soft spot for any team coached by my old coach in Julie Fitzgerald. So I reckon the GWS Giants team are going to be a team to look out for. We had a bit of a team powwow earlier uh, in the week with the Channel 9 commentary team. And I tell you what, I felt like a very short person standing in the company of yourself, <laughs> Kath Cox, and other greats of the game. And I think that's, you know, just the wonderful thing about netball, that you guys are just such impressive, big, tall, athletic athletes. <laughs> well, ex-athletic athletes. <laughs> the years have taken their toll. Two kids later, seven, of course, don't stop when the music does. So, um, but yeah, look, I think what the great thing is about our commentary team is that we're all pretty confident. You know, we've all played a number of tests. Coxie, Cheryl McMahon and myself have all played over 100 test matches for Australia. So um, we sort of ha have that rapport, I guess. We know the sport inside out and it's just going to be so exciting and so much fun for us to bring the sport to life through Wide World of Sports. You know, when I was a kid working or looking at Wide World of Sports, it was always the best of the best. And I'm still pinching myself to think that we are now part of that. It's very exciting. Without giving too much away, uh, also Sylvia Jeffries is going to be a part of it, Clint Stanaway. And uh, we did have a little meal at a Greasy Spoon Chinese joint up in Sydney this week. How did Clint Stanaway finish up, Liz? <laughs> Clint Stanaway was possibly lucky to get out alive. <laughs> so I was prepared to say, and you dodged a fairly big bullet. Yeah, no, I, uh, I had a spring work. roll so and dashed out of there. So, uh, you did, yeah. and that has been noted. And, um, <laughs> There will be ramifications for you in the month. Oh, come. no, I might not show up next uh, Saturday night to Brisbane. So, uh, that, yeah, it's all kicking off on 9 Gem. It'll be a triple header. Plenty of games happening that night. Liz and I will be calling, as I said before, the Queensland Lightning game, or sorry, the Brisbane versus Lightning game, which uh, is happening at around uh, 8.45, I think it is, East Coast time, Liz. Yeah, and look, Saturday night really has become netball night. It's um, live and free on 9 Gem, and that's the place to be, I guess, on Saturdays. Liz Ellis, always good to chat. Thanks for being part of the weekend breakfast. Thanks, Sam. Looking forward to working next Saturday, huh? Yeah, that's right. I'm not looking forward to this revenge for <laughs> leaving dinner early. This is exciting. The guy that owns the NBL, the National Basketball League, is a businessman by the name of Larry Kestelman. And apparently he's in talks, according to the Daily Telegraph, with the NBA, the big league American basketball, to bring a pre-season match 
here to Australia in 2019. Hope that happens. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the morning. I want to talk about this too. Remember those jewellery store robberies that were all too common last month? There was one in Canterbury, another one in Turak, and these guys were just so cavalier about it, running in, smashing up the cabinets, running out. Well, two of them appeared in court yesterday, and they're teenagers, so we have to be pretty careful. But a children's court was told that these guys, who were brothers, 116 and 117, were being paid, according to police, by organised crime gangs in cash to carry out the robberies. So a bikey or someone like that has figured out that these young kids are easily influenced, that they need money, and they've gone, look, here's some cash if you go and rob this jewellery store. And that's how this whole thing has come about. And that's why this is dangerous, because there are people passing the buck. It's the, it's the bikies, it's the organised crime groups who are saying, well, we can still get the loot without having to commit the crime and we don't have to go inside, and these kids are getting caught in the middle. Doesn't mean that they don't share some responsibility. Of course they do, and they'll be taken off to a juvenile offender's place like Broadmeadows or Parkville, and they'll be dealt with. But seriously, the links between these kids and the bikies is what concerns me because these are adult crimes intentionally being committed by underage kids so the justice system can't come down as hard. Real, real worry. An Olympic champion, a man who has won a medal for this country, is taking on a new sport. I've been keeping his identity somewhat hidden until now. Good morning, John Stephenson. What's up, brother? Mate, what are you up to? I see a photo of you with a very luxury-looking Porsche car, if you don't mind. Hey, man, need for speed. It hasn't been able to, I haven't been able to start since I retired, brother. No, man, no, it's really exciting. It's... Um, been a childhood dream of mine and always said like if I ever came back in my next life man I'll be a race car driver so I'm just truly blessed man to um to be able to to fulfill my dream and um it's great with Zagami and um when Cam McConville and it's just been cool it's been really really cool so yeah we'll start racing this year and uh I'm looking forward to uh being up front mate we can't wait so it's a Carrera Cup uh you're in a Porsche GT3 in the Porsche GT3 Challenge as part of the Zagami Motorsport team what sort of commitment is that how often are you going to be on track yeah well we start we start testing I think next week and then <clears throat> excuse me and then um uh and then yeah it's pretty much you know it's it's pretty intense you know like it's uh look the GT3 Challenge is is, is pretty is a pretty cool entry level sort of um and a racing series but it but it, it really it's pretty aggressive, but it allows you to obviously go towards Carrera Cup, where every which we see them in the Formula One, and that's sort of that's sort of you know what I what I want to do. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. I never thought you know 14 years ago when I started running that I'd ever be in this position in my life. And I'm just I'm just I'm just really lucky, man. I reckon you've been behind the wheel of a couple of Porsches before, but perhaps not on a racetrack. Uh, we're talking to the great John <laughs> Stephenson, who is a director of Athletics Australia and was also the driving force, the passion, and a lot of the creative drive behind the Nitro Ath series, which you got to say has been a smashing success. Sold out on Thursday night. Before that, there was a great event on the Saturday before last. And now tonight, it is the finale. Who is going to win it? There is the Bolt All-Stars, Australia, China, Japan. Lots of teams in this competition. How's it all going to play out, Stefo? Oh, I, I can't tell you, Steve. You know, there was a lot of controversy on Thursday with the Australian running out of the uh, relay chain zone. And they were, all they had to do is get the baton around. And they would have won the night, which meant which would have meant both Bolt All-Stars 
and Australia have been coming to last night on an even points. So um, I, I know you're saying he, he, he really, he's a funny guy. Like he starts off with one thing where he's all cool, calm and collect. And now he's all of a sudden super aggressive <laughs> and wants to win this thing. Is he getting but competitive? Yeah. Is he the fastest man on the planet? <laughs> oh, I love nine it. Gold, I, I said nine gold medal is enough. You know, that's a bit <laughs> nacho as well. You just relax. So, no, he's really serious. So he's going to run two events tonight, which is, which, it's crazy. I, I never thought he would. So he'll be running the 150. So we'll get to see him run the individual event and the 4 by one So all those people that were saying, oh, it's coming out here just to run a real load. He's not really into it. This guy is full on serious. If you see my Instagram, I raced him the other day at training and he gave me a 20 meter head start. He ran 9.9 into the wind to yeah. catch me. <laughs> yeah, so and he says he's not even in good shape at the moment. He's not no, and he's not. Yeah, <sighs> and, that's how the, and that's how good this guy is. <laughs> he just spins me out and I hate him for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, it's been a raging success. The name Nitro Aths is a name we're going to have to get familiar with because this is coming back. And uh, I reckon, I'm sure you guys have thought of this, is there a chance we might see you know, Nitro Aths London or Nitro Aths yeah. Los Angeles? Or, you know, is that a brand you want to push? It's funny we had a we had a dinner last night with with the head of the European League and uh, Sebastian Coe and I mean everyone's so excited it, it just the form like like when we spoke weeks ago and and you've been a great supporter of this set you know athletes hadn't changed for a long long time we tweaked it here and there but as far as bringing up the speed of where what society actually loves and likes to watch now it just hadn't hadn't been done so. Um, we just actually had the guts to do it. Everybody thought of doing this, but it was such a hard task to change people's perception of athletics that it almost seemed too hard. And we almost bit off more than we could chew. Because a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know if these guys can actually do this. And um, we're so blessed. Like the fact that it's, it's been so well received and it makes it so easy having the fastest man in the world here. And it makes it a lot easier being in Victoria, Melbourne, because we we love sport in, in Victoria, but it's been as well received across the country as well. So, and then we, what we've, what we've been getting from overseas from our BBC coverage and our coverage in China and, um, it's all positive. So it's just amazing. I don't know what to tell you, Sarah. We're just truly blessed. A lot of love out there, man. It is very, very exciting. And uh, tonight is the finale. So the bold all-stars sit ahead, but it's by less than 50 points. So Australia are within striking distance. We'll be watching with interest. John Stevenson, always great to have you on the Ems, mate. You're a legend, Seb. I want to talk about these Moomba Monarchs. Now, what I'm going to say is certainly nothing against Guy Grossi and Cara Martini, who are the two who were chosen to be the king and queen of Moomba this year. They are lovely people. I'm sure they make a great contribution. But when we got there at the press conference, and I was there, it was on Wednesday, we'd sort of been conditioned to expect some pretty big names. We had Shane Warne two years ago. Michelle and Stevie Payne the year after that, the first woman to win the Melbourne Cup. Massive story. National figures. And then this year, that wasn't really the case. And look, I thought, even though it felt a bit awkward to ask the Lord Mayor in front of Karen and Guy, I thought I may as well ask, look, has this changed the flavour of the Moomba Monarchs because these aren't national figures like Shane Warne and like uh, like also Michelle Payne? And here's what Robert Doyle said. Are you telling me that you don't consider Guy and Karen national treasures? <laughs> you'll, you'll never eat out in Melbourne again, ever. Now, that's uh, quite a threat because I don't mind eating out. But, uh, look, I see in the paper today the Herald Sun has uh, written up that they say this is all a Channel 7 conspiracy and they've been behind it. I don't know if that's true or not. Who, who really knows? That's not really what I'm worried about. What I'm saying is that I love the way that Robert Doyle refreshed 
the Moomba Monarchs and brought in these big names, your Burt Newtons, your Harry Kills, your Shane Warnes. And this year, it's just got a little bit of a different flavour. Anyway, that's my two cents for what it is worth. The Norwegian star, or as I like to call it. As the case may be, the not-so-love boat. If you haven't caught up with this, this is a luxury cruise liner that left Melbourne yesterday. There's 2,000 people on board, and as they push off from Station Pier to head to New Zealand, the thing breaks down just off the coast of Wonthaggy down there in Gitsland. What is it about Wonthaggy? You reckon the captain of this boat has been taking notes from the person that runs the desail plant because things just happen to break down in that part of the world. Anyway, so they've been sitting there all night waiting for a tugboat to arrive, which is currently dragging them ever so slowly back to Station Pier. It is the slow boat to Melbourne, to just rephrase that old song. And they'll be here around 3 o'clock today. So I'm going into work for Channel 9. I might even pop down to Station Pier and see how they're all feeling. Having said that, though, it's not a bad deal. They all get offered a refund, a 50% credit on their next cruise if they want it, and also money to get back to New Zealand if that's where they were staying at the end of the trip. Where do you get that sort of deal? That sounds fantastic. This has been the Weekend Breakfast on 105.1 Melbourne's Triple M.